Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. I am your host, John Lauderer. Today I am joined by Asheville's own Ashley Heath. Hey, we're here with Asheville's own Ashley Heath. How you doing, Ashley? I'm doing good. How are you? Hanging in there. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. What are you up to? I am just cooking up some dinner, hanging out at the house. Nice. Uh, and where is the house? Where are you centered nowadays? I just moved from East Asheville to Black Mountain, North Carolina. Very cool. Are you near downtown? I am. I'm just right, uh, maybe four or five minutes away from downtown, but haven't really explored much since about a week after I moved here. Um, we went into um, the stay-at-home uh, stuff quarantined. <laughs> oh, that soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So since then, what have you been doing there? Um, I have been, I've still been playing music, uh, live streaming on Facebook on Wednesdays and Fridays from seven to nine. Mm-hmm. And so that's been keeping me busy. And I also, um, started this other business called singing grams where folks can dedicate a song to someone, um, you know, I've ha- I've done like birthdays, anniversaries, just to say they're thinking of them and sending them some good vibes. Um, and I'll call the person and sing it to them as a surprise on the phone. And so um, that's been keeping me very busy. I've probably had like by now probably like around fifty phone calls that I've made in the last couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. How'd you get the idea for that? Um, when I was in the gospel choir at App State, I remember um, for Valentine's Day one year, we did these where we would call someone and sing, I just called to say I love you. And um, it was like a Valentine's Day gram. So I, I guess I just kind of ran with that idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think you're the only person I know around here is doing that. So. That's a, that's a good way to make some money while we're uh, all locked down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm super, super thankful. Yeah. Are you making enough to make ends meet? I don't know yet. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, well, I know it's tricky being self-employed right now. I don't know if you can really apply for unemployment insurance. Maybe you can. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, I guess you, you uh, are a full-time musician, right? That was your full-time employment? Yeah, full time for um, over five years now. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's been really, really, really cool. Nice. Um, so, for those of you who haven't heard of Ashley, I don't know how you have it because she's probably one of the hardest working musicians in the area. It seems oh. like you're always playing and you're always out there hustling. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always impressed by your tenacity. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so you um, do a lot of solo work, and you also have a band, Ashley Heath and her Heathens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys get around and, and play a lot of venues. Uh, you recently, well, fairly recently, had a, a high uh, um, exposure gig um, opening up for Bernie Sanders, right? Oh, yeah. We did the Bernie Sanders rally. <laughs> that was awesome. And we, we got to meet him yeah. for like a second. You know, right. that was so cool. That was how'd you get that gig? That's a pretty sweet gig. Um, my friends uh, Stephen Pruitt and um, Josh Blake from Echo Mountain they mm-hmm. um, messaged me and asked me if I wanted to play it, and then 
we decided to have the band and then also add uh, Josh as like a, a special guest for yeah. performance. So, yeah, um, just through some local connections there. Oh, cool. I know that was probably a different kind of gig for you because everybody there was not there to see a band. They were there to see a, a political rally. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, probably was a different wild. vibe. It sure was, yeah. It, it was pretty cool. That's nice. one cool thing about being a musician because you, you never really know what you're throwing yourself into, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you're going to be or what situations going on who you're going to meet, what mm-hmm. kind of performance. like All that stuff is so different every time you go play. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Missing a lot. Yeah. Well, too bad Bernie didn't work out for him, but hopefully he'll be involved in the next cabinet uh, when that uh, happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into your background. Uh, I believe, are you originally from Marshall? Is that right? That area? Yeah, I grew up in Marshall. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I grew up in Marshall uh, and then uh, went to college Appalachian State. Yeah, Mountaineers, baby. That's right. You were boonie for a while. And I was uh-huh. a, I was a boonie for a bit too. Um, oh, it was the best. Yeah. The best. Pretty cool. And I guess that's how I met you. We had some mutual boonie friends. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Snaggy Mountain crew, of course. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Jared. Yeah. Hey, J-Man. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, you, you played in a few different groups, and I had the uh, the honor of backing you up a few times, and that was cool. Um, but yeah, since, since awesome. then, you've been, uh, you've been really holding it down. Um, so let's talk about um, growing up and uh, your musical influences. Uh, sure. Is your family uh, members, do you have any family members who are musically inclined, or were you a black sheep? Um, well, my grandmother, yeah. my dad, my dad's mom, um, she played guitar and sang. She's from Nashville. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, my dad likes to um, play bass and sing. Okay. Um, and my mom's side of the family, there are a couple people and cousins and stuff he liked to play i remember one of my cousins played the fiddle and he liked to bring me to um places to listen to music but um uh, both of my brothers and i we we all can you know play guitar and sing and stuff but um i think i'm the only one who's kind of taken the career route with it mm-hmm. but you know when you grow up out in madison county um there's just such a rich uh, culture there for music and mm-hmm. um, uh, songwriting, storytelling, and so I've been pretty blessed to, you know, always have instruments around and also have people that are like really supportive and just, you know, always picking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Madison County is known for their um, folk arts in, mm-hmm. in many ways, uh, and so you grew up. In, in that kind of environment and mm-hmm. and then uh what what led you to um the, the songwriting field because you uh you're kind of a prolific songwriter and uh it's i know a lot of your songs are kind of storytelling based which is also in the appalachian tradition mm-hmm. and um is, are there any songwriters in your family or are you the only one i think i'm the only one um you know, songwriting, I wish I had started earlier. Um, I, one of my biggest influence vocally and on guitars was a lady named Eva Cassidy. And one of my friend's parents introduced me to her. Hmm. And for the longest time, up until 
14 or 15, I really had only written like maybe two or three songs, but, um, she, this lady that I love, she, she wasn't a songwriter. She covered all kinds of different genres and made those songs her own. So I I was always kind of like, why do I need to write? I can play any song, you know, but after graduating college and stuff, I realized it's kind of, it's very important to, you know, have your own voice and, you know, so I, I started writing and now I love it. It's just like, I can't stop it now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a gift and you know, not many people can do that. I know plenty of musicians, including myself, and we can play the heck out of our instrument. Uh, but when it comes to writing a song, that's a whole other story, especially <laughs> one that people want to hear. It is hard. Yeah. It's hard to write a good song. It is. I, there's just, it's like hours of just, you know, sitting there at the table, just, you know, I guess I've got to kind of be inspired by something going on in my life or mm-hmm. relationships or stuff like that for it to flow. I like, can't ever really force the creativity there. Yeah. Well, I know so that's a whole other thing. That your basic style is somewhat in the in the blues soul genre. Oh yeah. Right. So it. you know, I know the the saying you got to have the blues to sing the blues, mm-hmm. and I know some of your songs are kind of of that vein, heartbreak mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah, especially, um, uh, so you made a video, uh, so what what was the the video you made from your, your album? Remind me. Oh, same old blue. Yeah. Same old blue. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's just a classic, good, cool blue song about Mm -hmm. relationship woes and, uh, a really cool video too. Yeah. That video was shot by, um, Corey Short Productions from, um, the social in East Asheville. He owns the social. Oh, okay. And. He's a production company. Oh. And, um, yeah, he, he's the one who shot that. He came up with the storyline. And, yeah. um, and um, Miles, the actor, the, the guy that's in the shower. Right. The <laughs> um, boyfriend. Yeah, the boyfriend. Right. Um, so that, was, that was a fun scene. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your band, uh, The Heathens. Mm-hmm. I know that the lineup has changed a little bit over the years. Uh, yeah. Who were the Who were the guys who were on the album? Um, the first album are uh, are mostly the original Heathens. Uh, Patrick Thomas on drums, Elijah Kramer on the bass, um, Casey Kramer on guitar. Oh, are they siblings? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I know that. And. Um, Kevin Reese on guitar and backup vocals, mm-hmm. and the second album. Oh, actually, on the first one too, there's Ryan Furstenberg and Melissa Hyman from The Moon and You. Okay. Um, there's uh, Matt Smith from The Honeycutters on uh, Steel. Oh, nice. And there was also John Looney uh, from Grits and Soul uh, playing mandolin. Okay. And so, yeah, there was that. There was a there were a lot of folks that pulled in from the community for that first album. Nice. And the second one is um, Casey, Elijah, Pat, and also um, Patrick Dodd and Ryan Burns on keys. Oh, nice. Uh, and make sure I got it straight. What was the title of the first record? A different stream. Oh, okay, that's that one. And what's the second one? It's uh, Where Hope Never Dies. That's right. Thank you. All right. And when did the Where Hope Never Dies come out? 
Um, we released that um, April 6th of 2018. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. And have you uh, been doing any touring on that or just regional shows? Oh, yeah. We, um, we've toured up to maybe like eight or nine hours away mm-hmm. um, for that album release. And... Um, but not um, all the way across the country or internationally. Um, but I've, I've done that solo over the last couple of years. But um, right. yeah. Well, I remember you did a, a fairly successful Kickstarter. Um, I think it was for a tour, and also for the record. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I've had two Kickstarters, um, and uh, the first one was for. Uh, ten thousand dollars for uh, you know distribution and hmm. on all that because the record had already been recorded. It just needed to make merchandise and get it pressed and then uh, distribute it. And then the same for the second album. I raised that one in February before the album was released, and then um, the second Kickstarter helped me uh, produce the CDs, vinyl, T-shirts. Um, QZs, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you press CDs and vinyl for that album? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which one sold better? Um, uh, the first album, CDs, sold the best. Mm-hmm. And for the second album, vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think I'd heard a statistic about last year. It was the first time vinyl had outsold CDs, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in, in 30 or 40 years, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So when you made CDs, I know a lot of bands deal with this, you know, this struggle. Should we even bother making CDs, you know? Right. Because, you know, you get, you're probably just going to end up with several hundred copies, you know, in boxes. Uh, or, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to sell CDs, of course. Um, people are more likely to buy, you know, shirts or whatever it may be for merch. Uh, so. Um, yeah, true. Um, you know, uh I think it depends on what your crowd is. Um, And the thing, one thing that I have learned is that people are still buying CDs. Mm -hmm. And if you're at a big festival, um, CDs are kind of the way to go because when people go to the merch tent and they want to get something, the vinyl is really big and, you know, and it also um, is really hot outside and you can risk those melting so yeah um the vinyl takes a lot more care and you know stuff like that but if it's at a venue bar you know mm. music hall stuff like that vinyl is the way to go I that's what you. my experience has been i hear you i didn't think about that well i know that uh, cds are still somewhat popular with the older crowd uh, mm-hmm. i work at a music store and i get a lot of older folks coming in asking for cds oh, and, mm-hmm. and you know we don't sell cds but uh, I notice it's, I always send them over to Mr. K's, you know, that's where they live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. I love that store. I know. Yeah. I hope they, uh, can bounce back. They they closed rather early after the, uh, the virus hit. Mm. Um, so, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, a few tunes we're going to highlight here for you. Sure. Uh, we're going to talk about the tune borderline. This was off different streams. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry if uh, you can hear me eating right now, but <laughs> hey, we got a we got a multitask nowadays, you know. <laughs> That's cool. Um, 
Well, see, Borderline, uh, that's off that record, and this is a kind of a, a dirty blues, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote that song when I was at App State, actually, um, oh. with uh, old J-Man, Jared McQueen. All right. Um, brought that song to him the first time we played. That song was with Living Art in college, and uh, that was my college band with Jared. Mm-hmm. And we recorded that song um, at the studio at App State. I guess it was the the Split Rail studio or whatever. Yeah, upstairs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we recorded two different versions of it. And I just, you know, that was like one of the first songs I'd ever written. So um, whenever we did a different stream, I would definitely wanted to have that on there. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably my favorite tune on the record. It hit me right away. Mm. Yeah, and what was the uh, inspiration for the lyrics? I think um, hmm. college is kind of a time where you're kind of go. You're learning so much about so many things in the world, you know. And my biggest dilemma was I was the first person in my family to go to school, oh. and I knew I always wanted to play music, but, you know, getting a degree was very important. Sometimes when you're there, you're like, am I wasting my time or am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing that serves my heart and soul? And um, so that song's basically about that. Yeah, I lost my way, don't know where to go. Mm. You know, I need something to show me the road Um, because I'm standing here on the borderline. And so, so yeah, uh, I remember going through that phase where I was like, oh, I'm going to quit school. I'm supposed to be a musician. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the best thing that I've done for my career is to go to school because that's where I met everyone that I know. I learned so much about music mm-hmm. by playing out in the bars, I just jamming. You know how Boone is. Like, you're there, everyone's playing there when we were there. Yeah. It's just um, – just, awesome so uh now that i when i go out and tour and stuff um I go to all these places i've never been it's like i almost always have a couch to crash on because i knew someone from app state really wow <laughs> boonies They're everywhere, everywhere man. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was your major anthropology oh really that was my minor mm-hmm. i loved it how'd you choose that i just didn't i wasn't interested in anything else you know i was like well i mean it just, you know, it was a study of, like, mankind. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it grabbed me, and I, I went through a couple different concentrations. You know, at first was, like, biological, and I was like, this is way too hard. Yeah. It is Chemistry, tough. yeah. And um, so I um, concentrated in sustainable development, and I think that um, app was, like, I think they only had, like, four concentrations you could do and then they add a sustainable development because that that, well it's app you know yeah so um with a cultural emphasis on appalachia so nice yeah i remember a few things from my uh anthropology classes uh how about this one australopithecus afarensis hey yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) big words big words You're right, right. Okay, so uh, we're going to give a listen to Borderline by Ashley Heath. Mm-hmm. 
We're back with Miss Ashley Heath. Uh, and the next tune we're going to check out is Where Hope Never Dies, and this is the title track of your second record. And uh, what's mm-hmm. what's the backstory on this one? All right. Well, um, I went on a tour, a solo tour, um, to the coast, and I was in Charleston, South Carolina. First time I'd ever rented a hotel room for myself by myself mm-hmm. and so that's pretty like adult-like there um it was the night that trump was elected into office and i was by myself at this place called the surf bar mm-hmm. in uh on folly beach in charleston and uh some old guy sitting beside me and he was like well can i buy you a beer and i was like sure and we sat there and we watched the elections come in and I was just like, wow, you know, I was just, you know, and that song came out of that, you know, 
Mm. I want to live where hope never dies. Mm. And um, that's kind of where we all, you know, that's where what we're all striving to, to be, continuing to stay hopeful, even though I kind of feel like, especially now, you know, it could be more relatable than ever um, yeah. because we're in a huge crisis. Everyone I know, the businesses that have gone under, everyone is you know isolated from their friends and family emotional support stuff mm-hmm. it's just like yeah like i said more relatable than ever but when you put in the politics too it's just like overwhelming so the song is a song of hope and um you know keep the fires burning somewhere mm-hmm. inside of you yeah for a, a more a better future and a better system and being yeah. a better human right well, uh, yeah, we need hope now more than ever. That's true. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, uh, uh-huh. I know you're from Madison County, a pretty red county, uh, but uh, you, oh, yeah. you opened for Bernie, so uh, you must be left-leaning. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm, <laughs> how, how in you... the, I'm in the middle. Okay. You know, I'm kind of like very so in the middle because I feel like there's some things that are not so black and white, you yeah. know? Well, I know your yeah, family is probably on on the right, and you probably have a lot of friends on the left. So I know oh, yeah, I, I know that's... you can see both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Call you... me a true Libra. <laughs> that's right. Me too. <laughs> that's right. Scales. Our blessing and curse there, you know. Like, oh yeah, that's true. Uh... That's true. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's give a listen to "Where Hope Never Dies" by Ashley Heath.
We're back here with Ashley. And the last song we're going to listen to is When When Does It End? Mm-hmm. Is, is this off uh, the, the Hope Never Dies record? Mm-hmm. All right. And what's the story on this one? Um, okay. So um, that song was written in the same time, um, during that same trip. A lot of those, uh, maybe two or three of those songs were written during that trip to Charleston. Hmm. Um, I was going through a rough time in a relationship, and um, I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where the same problem that you think that you resolved and talked out, uh, communicated about a million times, mm. just continues to be a problem mm-hmm. because, you know, once trust is broken, it's really hard to get back. Oh, yeah. You know? Impossible. It's a damn near impossible, yeah. yeah. So, um so that's the song, um, you know, talks about, you know, walking around with that sad look on your face and mm-hmm. everyone can see it. Everyone's tired of hearing about it. And you're just like, when, when does this end? Like, when is it, when is this going to be over? And the very last line says it ends with you, <laughs> which means it could and you know the relationship could end or it could end with you like putting an end to it in your mind and like that was the decision i was trying to decide you know is it worth it to continue this because if it, if i continue it then i'm gonna have to put it away you know yeah or is it just too far gone yeah so i think that a lot of people have experienced that you know oh yeah well, you know, there's probably been more songs written about heartbreak and breakup than anything else I can imagine. Uh, yeah. And when you write these songs that are more or less directed towards people, uh, have has anyone ever uh, called you on that and been like, "Is that a song about me?" Right? I think it's about me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you damn right, it's about you. <laughs> Don't mess with Ashley. She wrote a song about your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know it <laughs> no i have to i mean it's like the way I, the only way i can get it out of my system you know mm-hmm. move on that's right that's uh that's how we process things as musicians yeah and, yeah okay let's give a listen to when does it end by ashley heath
We're back here with Ashley Heath. And uh, so I just want to talk to you a little bit about where do you think uh, life is going to be going for us musicians in the future here? I know it's hard to you know determine what's going to happen, uh, but yeah. uh, did you have any like tours or shows lined up that you had to cancel because of this? Oh, yeah. I, um, I mean, we were... We've had a, a pretty amazing 2020 scheduled for mm-hmm. the Heathens, you know. Um, all my residency gigs through the week were canceled at the Biltmore and the Grand Bohemian and um, the Grove Park Inn. And then the weekends, you know, we had festivals lined up like Floyd Fest and mm-hmm. Shikori and Merle Fest, you know, all, all like really cool things that you work a career for years to, to get to right and um but um yeah i definitely have lost a lot of money mm. from the beginning of march until the foreseeable future yeah so uh where are we gonna go um i think that we're you know even if the economy gets back um, it's going to be hard to say 
how comfortable people are going to be going to live shows or how comfortable I'm even going to feel about, you know, getting a bunch of people together in a room yeah. for a while. So I think things are going to be virtual for a long while. And I think we need to plan on it being that way yeah. and come up with creative ways to make money online with our music. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to continue streaming. People want to see your your shows. They mm-hmm. still want to see you. And um, so I'm, I think that's that's going to be the future for probably maybe six months to a year. Who knows? Yeah, you know? really. Who knows? So I know you're doing those live streams twice a week uh, mm-hmm. and you're putting your um, Venmo PayPal information out there for donations. Yeah. Uh, are you doing okay there? Is it enough to keep you afloat? Um, honestly, it's been amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way better than I ever expected. Um, people are being so generous and Mm -hmm. they want to support, they want to tune in because they're doing the same thing we are and they're used to coming out and seeing live shows and entertainment and they can't, they don't have anything to do at night. You know, they're just like, what do I do? Yeah. You've watched all the shows on Netflix. What do we do now? Yeah. So (laughs) tuning into a show of one of like an artist that you follow, that's like a big deal for them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's just so cool. Um, so yeah, that's, I have been making money from my live streams and I'm really, really thankful for that. Awesome. Uh, so I, did you see the, the governor's, um, phased opening plans today? By chance? I did. I, I watched that. Yeah. So I noticed on the second phase, uh, it involved opening up entertainment venues, but with restricted capacities. So probably just like yeah. a quarter or so of its usual capacity. Uh, it kind of made me wonder, like, if there's a show, like, say, at Orange Peel or Grey Eagle, are they going to have, like, little X's on the floor where we have to stand six feet apart and can't move, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. It makes I, me I mean, I could, I could see something like that, maybe test on the waters. Yeah. But I honestly, I'm not going to feel comfortable. Okay, so I... I read those articles about the Spanish flu, you know, and how they say the second wave was a right. Um, it was like so much worse than right. the first one, and mm-hmm. that's like it kind of makes me hesitant to even be like, okay, let's book shows again. I'm like, I don't know. I've got asthma. I've got like, you know, like I don't want to get sick. I don't want to uh, get anyone else sick. Unless you have some risk factors, okay? Yeah, then that that makes it tricky. Um, I imagine they'll probably lean towards like outdoor performances you know we're not breathing the same air uh those will probably happen i imagine uh indoor venues will probably be slower to open if i had to guess you know because we're just all breathing the same air and circulating you know so yeah yeah, that that's that's where it's gonna be tricky but venues like you know the outdoor orchard at highland oh yeah yeah i bet that'll happen i um i think that you know, stuff like that's outdoors like that, like the Bywater, Salvage Station. Yeah, Pisgah. Uh, Pisgah, Highland. Right. Um, stuff like that, that you can get space and get away from people. I think that would probably sound a little bit more comfortable to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd feel better about that too and probably a whole lot safer. So, uh, yeah, and I worry about the venues that, you know, they're they're just venues. They're nothing else. They're not brewery, you know. 
like the Moth Light, the uh, uh, Gray Eagle. I know they're, yeah. they're, they're a restaurant too, but, you know, uh, uh, I, I worry for them. And I really hope that they can pull through. So, you know, we have places oh, to play. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Awesome. All right, I Ashley. love all those guys. They, all the venues in town, um, all the radio stations, mm-hmm. um, the Asheville community has been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Gray Eagle, the Asheville Music Hall, um, 98 When the River, WCW, um, a lot of those folks that uh, work at all of these places that we just mentioned, you know, and many, many more have been um, very supportive of the musicians and stuff in town. I've gotten personal message messages from from them. They've supported the scene grams and stuff like that. And I just I think it's so cool that Asheville is um, has such a strong community because and like yeah, we're going through this crisis together and I, I just can't see a better place to be going through it than here. Yeah. We, we really don't have it that bad compared to a lot of places in the world. Uh, thankfully so far anyway, our numbers are somewhat low. As long as we don't get too many tourists coming in and, you know, muddy in the waters. I mean, I know we, we depend on tourist money, you know, in a lot in Asheville. But, you know, hopefully this summer they'll stay home and we'll just, and we can just ride this thing out. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping something like that happens for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I, anyways, yeah. So uh, besides that, um, yeah, I know you grew up uh, here and uh, you've been a mountain girl your whole life. Uh, have you ever considered <laughs> uh, taking your show to a, a larger city, like a, a larger uh, entertainment city? Or has that ever crossed your mind? definitely but i i kind of wanted to grow my fan base mm-hmm. and um and it's gotten so much stronger and, and i've gotten so many more supporters in the last couple of years that mm-hmm. i've been doing it full time and yeah so i think that was important before considering maybe a bigger city you know and um a lot of people told me to go to Nashville, but I honestly, a part of me is just, it's really intimidating. And it also feels like the markets in those big cities are just so saturated. Oh, they are. And I, I've always been kind of scared. Like, how am I going to support myself full time if I move to one of these places, you know, but it's kind of a catch 22 because you move somewhere like that, you get bigger, better opportunities yep. by being around the right kind of people. And then you never know what could happen. So yeah. I I guess uh, I wanted to sit back and just keep things growing. Yeah. And then there's probably a little part of me that's like uh, a little scared too. Yeah, I understand. Well, as you know, I did my time in Nashville about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there you're pretty much a small fish in a big pond. Uh, and it's hard to get noticed, really hard. Uh, yeah. and cause yeah, everybody and their mother plays an instrument and writes songs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in that town. Um, but then when I moved back here, I, I found more success as a musician than I ever did there. Uh, yeah. just because, you know, it's just less saturated. Um, there's more opportunity cause there's less competition. Um, yeah. and so, you know, you think that you need to go to a bigger city sometimes to, uh, to further your career, but that's not always the case. So. Uh, yeah, and it's crazy too because sometimes you move to like 
New York, Nashville, L.A., and it's like you're going to get 15% of the bar sale for mm-hmm. the hour that you play, and there will be like four bands playing yeah. on the same stage at night. And you're like, I made 20 bucks. Right. You know, and I've done that. I've done that in all those cities. Some of them I've even paid to play in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, well, I mean, if I am here in Asheville, you know, I I get paid to play my shows and I have my network and stuff. I don't know, man. It's a hard decision. It is, and isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could see myself definitely moving to a bigger city just, you know, yeah. at, at some point, you know, like L.A. or something. But I, it just... Ain't the right time yet. Well, obviously now it's not the right time. But. <laughs> no, this is yeah, this is actually a great time not to be in a big city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Cool. Well, we just need to count our blessings, right? Yeah. Awesome. True. All right, Ashley. Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, everybody, stay home, stay safe, stay healthy. Love you a bunch, and uh, I hope to see everybody in person one day very soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. And I hope to see you around on the scene soon. And I hope to see you too. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye, John. And that does it for another episode of the Asheville Sound. I'd like to thank Ashley Heath for joining me today. Please check out all of her albums online and all of her videos on YouTube. I'll have a link here on my page. And when she gets back on the stage, please check her out then. Until we meet again, y'all take care now. Music starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding. It's gotta be better than just good or great. It needs to hit hard like Bay Ruth at the plate. From rock, hip hop, and dance music to blues or pop, hard bop, and swing music, you choose. As a working musician, I can truly relate. So let's rap about your project and schedule a date. My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space, where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient, full-production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high-quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more. Virtual live streaming online music lessons are here. Need to brush up on your guitar skills? Improve your singing voice? Remember how to play that old dusty piano in the corner? Well, Asheville Music School has you covered. They teach students of all ages, yes adults too, and skill levels, and any style of music you're into. Visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org to inquire and learn about dozens of great music teachers. Asheville Music School is a nonprofit organization strengthening Western North Carolina communities through music education and outreach. Once again, visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org for all of your music learning needs.